you're listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in an open and spontaneous debate and discussion about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand our musical horizons and cover a great range of artists and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and social media at soundwisepod. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of your favorite music podcast, Soundrise Podcast. So today we are having yet another special episode, the so-called Patreon episode, where you guys get to choose who we're going to talk about. So Alexander, what is our band for today? Hello Vlada. Yes, uh, we are now doing our monthly Patreon episode. So we had a little poll where our patrons um, gave suggestions and the rest of the Patreon community had the chance to vote. So um, the poll suggests that we should talk about the famous disco act called Chic. So that's our band for today. I would like to thank, to, to thank all our patrons for participating, for suggesting such quality acts. Um, it was difficult to 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 choose um, the original. Let's say the original author of this suggestion is our patron Andriana. So thank you, Andriana, for su suggesting this act. And now, Vlada, would you like to uh, give a little introduction of this band? All right. So, Sheik, uh, you guys may have heard Sheik. Uh, before, since this is a band that had a few massive hits back in the late 70s during the disco era. And we haven't really covered disco so far, so that will be interesting for us as well. Disco is in many ways maligned by a lot of people out there, and to some extent that is not quite fair, and you will hear why during this episode. But before we get to that, I will share a few pieces of information about Sheik with you. So Sheik originally started out in the early 70s as The Boys, and they were originally a rock band. That's interesting. Founded by two guys, two very important guys for this episode, Nile Rogers and Pam Edwards. So these guys were trying very hard to make it in the music industry and did a lot of session uh, session work but unfortunately they couldn't get any contract until 1977 and then that's where their story really began uh, this time disco was uh, was all the rage uh, the genre that everyone uh, was listening to especially in nightclubs in dance clubs and Sheik proved to be the front runners of this genre. And the reason why they were so good and influential within the realm of disco was that their musicianship in many ways exceeded uh, the musicianship of their peers. Um, they released their first record, which we will talk about in 1977, and then went on to have a very illustrious career and working with a number of other artists and that's what's really interesting here 
Uh, both Ben Edwards and Nile Rodgers went on to produce artists such as Diana Ross. Um, they also did some other major hits for other disco acts such as uh, Sledge, the sister, uh, sister Sledge, yes, We Are Family, a very popular tune uh, known as a sort of LGBT anthem in many ways. So these guys had a huge influence on a number of acts in both disco era and then later in the 80s uh, during the emergence of the 80s pop uh, drenched in synthesizers but then you had Nile Rodgers also adding his own touch to this. So, um, Alexander, what do you think about their debut record, Chic? Thank you, Vlada, for sharing um, the background story and, and some, uh, some, some interesting facts about this band. Okay, so <clears throat> regarding their debut album, I have to say that it's been a long time since I really enjoyed listening to an album, to a music album. I think this was a very, very strong introduction, a very, um, uh, very mature, very maturely made record. And I have to say that Nile Rodgers and Bernard Ed and Bernard Edwards, the two guys that we wanted to kind of uh, build this episode around, not only did they play the instruments for this album they were they were also the producers and i think they did a fantastic job here i really enjoyed this this album from start to finish we all know the the famous hit called everybody dance and also the um, the opening track called dance 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 it's a it's a you know it's a well-known song but to me any song from this album can make you know any disco playlist any any song here can become a hit it's not just one song i think the whole album is fantastic marvelous guitar work also the bass done by the late bernard edwards um what can i say i mean it's it's really interesting to see that a band has such a good debut album and i really I was really thrilled to discover this band. I, I've known them before, um, mostly their hits, but now having listened to a couple of their records, which we're going to talk about today, I'm really pleased and it's it's going to be difficult to, to pick a favorite track. And, uh, and I have to also mention that I've only managed to listen to this album once, but... The first impression was absolutely fantastic. Over to you, Vlada. Uh, well, I understand your enthusiasm, and I think this record has much to offer, especially for musicians, since these guys have phenomenal chops. That's uh, beyond saying. However, I have to say, I kind of found this record a bit disappointing. I mean, uh, first of all, I think it's a record made specifically for clubs. And as such, it doesn't show a lot of ambition. Now, the musicianship is excellent, and there's much to listen for. But sometimes, 
it just sounds a bit too cheesy to me you know it just doesn't have the the oomph in, uh, we covered some R&B and funk acts before, for example, Sly and the Family Stone. And you know, it has that kind of tension, it has that kind of oomph to it. And this record here only has that in traces. And I think that's the main issue here. Um, however, it's still a well-produced record. It sounds good, it sounds competent. And I think the band was still searching for their sound in a way because they were new that was their debut album maybe they were trying to make sure their music is popular in the clubs uh, and I think they didn't take a lot of risks for example the track number two Sao Paulo sounds like so, like elevator music it just as as well as it's played and most of the tunes are completely forgettable for me a bit bit of redemption near the end with strike up the band that was a very cool groovy track but now uh, i have to say the re the main redeeming factor here is that you will listen to this and you will hear a beastly a beastly bass line or a wonderful guitar lick and it's just amazing what these guys were capable of and, and that's why uh, I, I think this only adds to the disappointment because you know these guys could do much, much better, which we will see when we start talking about the subsequent records. But we, uh, at least in my opinion, this is somewhat tepid, somewhat lukewarm. <laughs> I have to say that I'm slightly shocked, Vlada, by your response. I thought this was a brilliant album, but I get your points and... My main gripe with not only this record, but all, all the records that we're going to talk about in a minute is that the lyrics are just made to kind of go hand in hand with the music. They're, they're, they're okay, you know, in that sense, in, in that aspect, but not something that I would get blown away by. But the musicianship is, is brilliant, and I would also like to say... I'm not a party person, but if I were to choose a specific party, according to my taste, you know, this kind of music would definitely be the headline, so to say. So, Vlada, look, let's look, now go... I just want to say one thing, you know, lyrics yeah. here are completely unimportant. This is not the kind of music you listen to for the lyrics, and of course they're sort of a tripe, uh, but... The good thing about this kind of record is that you get to hear some phenomenal groovy playing. And this is where this band excels. You know, that, that's, that's what they're really great at. So I would focus on that. Yes, absolutely. Um, the music is the highlight here. So, Lana, let's now do the difficult part, which is picking the favorite songs, our favorite songs, and giving our tentative ratings. Okay, so my rating for this album is um, 9 out of 10, and my favorite track, my favorite track is Esk Sashik. Okay, very generous on your part, so I won't feel so bad, because as much as this record has redeeming qualities, as much as I recommend it, 
to any bass player, for example, or somebody who wants to learn how to play some funky guitar or drums or anything like that. I think this is uh, too bland, too much music, you know, these like string sounds in the background that doesn't really uh, doesn't really evoke much emotion. So I would I would say it's 5.5 on my part, but if you're a fan of Chic, don't worry. Uh, there's much more to be covered in this episode. So just for this one, I would say 5.5. And the highlight for me, as far as tracks are concerned, oof, that will be tough because um, hmm, I would say Strike Up the Band. I think that one was really uh, a redeeming track here. Okay, so let's move on to the next record, to the follow-up which was which is called Sechik and Vlada you promised our listeners to be a bit more positive later on that that's how i perceived it so what were you, what were your thoughts about this album okay now after listening to that first disappointing record and then putting this one on i was very pleasantly surprised because all of a sudden, all these great strengths that the band showed on the first record, but which ended up being buried under a huge amount of, of drivel, let's say it, they really came into their own with this one. And the songs are amazing, um, at least compared to the first record. Uh, I, Of course, there's the, the iconic Le Freak tune, which... All of us probably heard millions of times, but it's interesting to hear it in the context of a whole record. And the freak, and, and also the, the opening track, Chic Cheer, are just, just explosive, groovy, uh, very, uh, very intense. Exactly what I was talking about when uh, saying how they seemed too mellow and bland compared to some other funk R&B acts that we talked about, now, all of a sudden, they really show that they have that kind of intensity too. And I really enjoy these two tracks. And then there is a, a beautiful instrumental, Savoie Fair, where Nile Rogers absolutely shines with his crystal sharp piercing guitar notes, beautiful playing. And that's another thing that I really loved about this record is that Nile Rogers is much more present. His guitar is much more present. It's there. And his display of chops is wonderful, especially within the context of tunes. Uh, there's another smash hit here, I Want Your Love, another track that we've all heard millions of times. Great catchy tune, excellent for clubs. I really enjoyed back in my uh, college, university days, going uh, to disco parties and listening to these tracks. Uh, and I think now I have a newly found appreciation, especially hearing the chops that these guys show on each track. Uh, so great, great, uh, a great album, very consistent throughout. A very interesting closing track with Funny Bone and with some laughter in the background. I like the the whole uh, whimsical nature of it that never seems corny 
unlike the the previous record which was very corny very cheesy this one doesn't really have that much cheese and it's much more enjoyable because of that Alexander what's your take all right Lara I'm afraid that I that I don't have much to add here I mean you were right about everything um, I'm kind of jealous because you've had that opportunity uh, to visit parties where people and DJs play this kind of music. I have yet to discover that and experience it. I'm really looking forward to um, going to such parties and having a, having a blast. So I have to say that I'm jealous. Um, yes, Lafrique and I Want Your Love, massive hits, uh, probably their most well-known songs, their absolute peaks. Uh, when it comes to their their career, but I have to say, this is not a huge upgrade compared to the previous one. In my opinion, this one is equally good, and probably, you know, it's they, they don't because... sound more confident to you. They don't sound more uh, more audacious, yeah. you know, willing to try new stuff. Because to me, it sounds like they they had more freedom doing this record. Um. Yeah, maybe just a bit, but what I hear in this with this album is that same formula that I like. The the fantastic musicianship, the ability to make you move, to make you get up on your feet. I just don't see a huge difference, which is definitely not a bad thing. Just I just love both records and I think that they um really did a great job on 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 both records. So I don't have much to add, to be honest. Uh, yes, the, the guitar solo work is is better. That that's what what I can say. But that's Be kind of it. Because they had more freedom. He had more freedom to to jam out. You know, uh, in, in the uh, on the first record, there was an instrumental track that just sounded like elevator music. Whereas here, it sounds like the band is really willing to show their full repertoire, so to say. Yeah, again, I mean, I guess you're right, but I don't know. I, I still love both records almost equally. We'll see in the future. Maybe this one grows on me, maybe not. Um, and, and, and I forgot to say something uh, about both records. The vocals are, to me, great. And also I love the, the, the French here, you know. I, I, I like that language. I kind of suck at it. <laughs> But it's still cool, and especially in music, so that's that, that that's a plus, I would say. Um, shall we now jump to to the ratings, to the, to the difficult part of every episode, Vlada? Uh, yes, but before we jump to the ratings, I want to share an interesting story about Le Freak, the the most popular tune by the Number band. Uh, so the story goes that the the song originated after the band, specifically. Uh, Nile Rogers and Ben Edwards tried to get into the legendary Studio 54 Club, which, uh, for those who haven't heard about it, back in the 70s and 80s in New York, that was the club to be. That's where all the film stars went, all the celebrities. There were copious amounts of cocaine, lots of sex, lots of drugs. That's uh, that is where it was at. 
So even though their music was often played in there, the bouncer wouldn't let them in, wouldn't let them into the club. So they went home and frustrated, they wrote... What a shame. They wrote the song, which they aptly named Fuck Off. But then, of course, later on, they changed it to Freak Out. So that's a very interesting origin story for that song. And I think uh, it probably has to do why the song sounds so cool. And, and it sounds like such a big statement. They were obviously very motivated when writing this song. Wow, that, that's a very cool story, Vlada. Thanks for that. Okay, so the ratings now. Vlada, All right, it. so a pretty good record, very enjoyable. And nothing profound here, but that's not what we're looking for anyway. So I, I would give it 7.5. Uh, definitely, if you're into R&B, if you're into funk, you'd want to check this album out. Uh, also, if you're not into these things, and maybe you have some kind of prejudice uh, against disco, give it a shot. Listen to it with an open mind. I never really liked disco, but I have to give credit where credit's due, and this is an excellent record. Very consistent. So 7.5, highlight, uh, several great songs, but I think Le Freak as obvious as it is as a choice it's still the best track here okay fair enough lada dear listeners please tell us what kind of party music do you like i mean nowadays you have a completely different music scene going on in clubs and and other and other venues so i would i would like to know because i'm not really a fan of the contemporary disco or house or techno whatever you call it i think it's it's quite boring but this kind of music is definitely something i i would gladly move my hip to so to say so my rating is basically the same as as the first record so nine out of ten and my favorite track here is again in french savoir faire and now we're moving on to the third record, another follow-up, and another French name called Risque. And with this one... Uh, isn't it a uh, risque or something? I don't know. Guys, if you speak French, let us know. Is it a risque or risque? I think it's risque. But if I'm wrong... It is because it has the accent above, so yeah. I apologize. <laughs> dear, dear listeners, feel free to... Um, to fix our language errors whenever you want. <laughs> okay, so this uh, this album felt like a step back. I have to say, for some reason, I thought it was a bit softer. Um, they uh, the songs were a bit slower, slow paced, so to say. I think that that groove and that energy wasn't as as featured as it was with with the previous two records but it's still a good record overall it's still something definitely worth listening to i kind of feel bad because the the other part of the album kind of sounded uh, repetitive and not so energetic maybe you need some some different kind of mood for this i don't think this is necessarily 
a disco album, uh, I don't know, meant to, to be played in a nightclub, but it's still worth listening to. And I still, I, I kind of still appreciate it. What about you, Vlada? Uh, I largely agree with you that it's not as explosive as the previous record. It's it's more rooted in grooves, you know, the hooks are in the grooves rather than melodies, whereas the previous record kind of had both, you know, the melodies and the grooves. So I, I would definitely uh, I would definitely favor the previous one. But I also think this is a good record where the band evolves further, feels more comfortable in their own skin, not chasing any hits or fame uh, at this time the band was already well established not just as a band but also as producers worked with a number of different artists as we already mentioned uh, for example uh, in 1980 the band did um, I think Nile Rogers produced Diana Ross's great hit Upside Down uh, they did a lot of other work as well so a good Quality record, not as catchy as the previous one. Kind of takes more time to sink in, but all the major, uh, all the major qualities of the band are still present. Excellent grooves, great bass lines, especially on the opening track, which is considered one of their top tracks. Good times. Now, good times is uh, said to be a very influential track, especially because of the bass line. So if you know Another One Bites the Dust by Queen, a really famous song, apparently John Deacon, Queen's bass player, was inspired directly by this track. And that was also my association when I listened to it. I thought of Another One Bites the Dust. And later when I read about it, it turns out that it was actually an inspiration, not to say it's some kind of plagiarism or anything like that, but if you like Another One Bites the Dust, give this tune a listen. This tune was also, interestingly enough, sampled by some of the first hip-hop artists. So Grandmaster Flash, uh, Sugar Hill Gang, they sampled this tune. And that's why it's believed to have a great influence on hip-hop and on, on disco music in general. So that, that's an interesting fact about this album. As for the rest of the record, mm, I kind of feel like one needs a few more listens to, um, to have the record fully sink in. Yeah. But still, I was pleased listening to it. Uh, unlike the first record, I think here... The band is kind of real, you know, they sound real, they don't sound calculated. It is who they are, for better or worse. Um, okay, some nice vocal performances. We didn't really touch upon their vocals. To be fair, I'm not super impressed by their vocalist, but I want to mention them anyway. Norma Jean Wright was their original vocalist, but for this record, uh, they brought in, I think, uh, Lucy... Uh, let me see, Lucy Clark, if I'm not mistaken. Lucy Martin. Martin, okay, sorry. This is a very bad episode for me as far as the names are concerned. So, <laughs> dear listeners, I hope you will forgive me that. So, yeah, uh, their vocals are good, they're competent, but they always kind of sound bland. Uh, it's like uh, almost another instrument, you know? 
it's not about the vocals, I think. Maybe that's why they sound this way. Because none of them sounds like, I don't know, Donna Sumner or something. So, uh, so Alexander, what's your final word on this one? Completely agree. And I have to say that I believe, since I'm not, since I'm not a rap fan, but I do know, you know plenty of tracks and, and artists from uh, from that genre and that that kind of culture especially in the 90s i think funk soul and disco were their main influences and that's why you can hear some um, interesting and, and well-known riffs in in rap music like say pastime paradise it has that very recognizable um lick and it's also featured in Coolio's Gangster's Paradise, so you, you can you can hear that influence, you know, in in rap music, uh, as you said. Uh, I and mean, yeah, the vocals. A lot yeah, of this stuff on. was sampled, right? A lot of disco records, funk records, R&B records were sampled by original hip hop rap artists. So that that's why they were so fundamental in the creation of hip hop. Yes, exactly. All right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The vocals. Uh, before I give you my ratings and and my favorite song here, yeah, I I would like to praise the vocals. I really like them. Obviously, uh, the singing and the songs themselves are not meant to be the, the the front runners here or the highlight, but they but they really um, mix 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 well with the music. So that that's what I have to say about that. Okay, so my rating for this album is eight out of ten. And as you as you dear listeners know, it's always tentative. And my favorite track here is hmm, the first three tracks are brilliant. I think the best of this album. But since we have to choose only one, I'll go with my feet keep dancing. Over to you, Vlada. Oh, I love that one too. I mean, it was it was quite, quite an earworm. You know, it was planted in my brain. So I'll choose that one as a highlight as well. But Woo-hoo. I'm not actually I'm not sure because there's good times. So I'm kind of torn between those two. Let's uh, leave it at that. As for the rating, I think uh, 6.5. So a good record. Not quite the same heights as the previous one, but some quality. R&B, funk, disco playing here. Uh, again, now that we covered all three records, I think that this band had a tremendous amount of potential, some truly visionary uh, playing. Uh, no wonder they were also hailed as producers. But they may not be everyone's cup of tea, so I'm not quite sure this is the right music for me, personally speaking, but I can recognize the talent that went in, and I still find it very enjoyable. Uh, also, what I found fascinating about uh, Chic while doing a small research on them is that they wanted to combine music with visuals because they were inspired by bands such as Roxy Music, for example. They wanted that sort of arty image to go along with the music. 
they they were also inspired by Kiss of all people for that combination of image and music. So that's another aspect of this band that we didn't really touch upon because we mainly discussed music. But one could probably say that as a commercial mainstream band, they were a full package. And, uh, you know, this is one thing that I like about the past, that back in the day, mainstream acts, I think, excelled when it came to musicianship. Uh, so both commercial and, and non-commercial music had a lot to offer. Whereas nowadays, it seems like you have a lot of fantastic music out there. But most of the commercial stuff seems to lack depth. Most of the stuff that is pushed in the media seems to lack depth, you know. And the musicians seem to be a bit subpar compared to people like Sheik. So that's another thing that I think is worth pointing out. Great points, Florida. Thank you for that. I hope that our listeners now have um, the full context and they and that they understand what this band is all about um as far as my point of view is concerned i absolutely recommend this album if you are into dancing if you're into this kind of vintage and old school disco this is something that i would gladly play on parties so or if you're it, a bass player or if you're a bass player, of course. Yeah. Okay, I, I just want to mention before we wrap up wrap up this episode, Nile Rogers, the guitarist here and the producer, obviously, he is a fantastic guitar player. We all know that. He has these great, catchy, sharp sounds. For our younger listeners, uh, he is also... I don't know if he's... If he was a, a guest or a full-time member of the band Daft Punk... Well, wasn't and... a full-time member, but he greatly contributed to their record. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, back in... What year was that? That was fairly recent with their huge hit, Get Lucky, where Nile Rodgers was basically the star, you know, with his guitar, uh, his beautiful, funky guitar... So yeah, he had a huge contribution to that record, and I think uh, it's good that you pointed that out because he also produced uh, Madonna's "Like a Virgin," which was a huge hit in the '80s, and worked with David Bowie on "Let's Dance" record. So if you look at this guy's resume, it's mind-blowing, and that alone suggests that you should check these records out. Absolutely. Nile Rogers, yeah, he was uh, involved in playing, in, in producing uh, this Get Lucky song as a guitar player, obviously. Uh, it was released in 2013, Vlada. So that's quite recent, so to say, seven years ago. Even though I would say that it was like two or three years that's ago. That's recent. Still... It's recent. The older you get, the more recent it is, you know. Maybe it's not so recent <laughs> for you, but for me it seems fairly recent. I remember where I was, what I did, when I danced to this song. So yes, it's recent. Do you have fond memories of dancing to this tune? Uh, yes, very much so. I can even remember which club I danced this. Um, I danced to this song. Yes, it was. Um, okay, should I say this? The club was called Victoria Fun Pub, and, and that's where we went and listened to this track. 
back when it was a huge hit and and no night out at the dance club could go without it oh that's that's great yeah thanks for sharing that experience wish i was there though okay so dear listeners thank you again for tuning in listening to our little chat our, our little banter and and ranting especially with vlada's harsh ratings i try to be a bit more optimistic uh, and please listeners cautious. don't listen to this <laughs> Uh, anything above six means that the record is pretty good, worth checking out. Uh, that's uh, how I view this rating system, because any grade above 7.5 means that the record is really excellent, 8, 9, or 10. That's how I see it. Alexander, is that how you see it too, or are you more lenient? Um, it's not easy to define how I... I don't know how how I approach these ratings. Let's well, just say we were too generous to Mumford and Sons. So ever since <laughs> that always. episode, episode I kind of decided to calibrate my ratings a bit. Oh, I absolutely understand that and I'm with you on that. Okay, so dear listeners, go over check the rest of our episodes, especially the Mumford and Sons one. You're probably going to hear some very interesting points there okay so as i said thank you very much for tuning in to and uh, for for listening to our little chat and and rants and thanks a lot to our precious patreon community for contributing for helping us out for suggesting great acts um as you guys know this is a monthly patreon episode and we do this kind of episodes every month so in august we're we're gonna set up another poll and then see um what what you guys will decide and uh, of course I'm, I'm talking to our current patrons if you want to become our patron if you are our future patron just type in patreon.com slash soundrisepod and also check out our social media where you can find all the news and updates and all the funny stuff um regarding our show so twitter instagram and facebook they all have the same handle which is soundrise pod and now we're gonna give the microphone to our friends at pod rev day till the till the next time stay safe and see you soon write a review and then you can share it with the world in any social media platform and then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together this is steph instigator of pod rev day podcast review day and i'm andy from inspired money and i'm ariel of earbuds podcast collective and Castbox. we're here to tell you everything you need to know about pod rev day which is on the eighth of every month of every year of every century of every you get it we are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag pod rev day podcast review day because podcasters work their butt off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day, because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P O D R E V D A Y.